Welcome everybody to another episode of the Inches Podcast, a podcast that looks at sports sponsorship, uh, in event sponsorship, and other types of sponsorship, and just how digital is affecting overall the industry on that side. I'm your host, co-host Nick Lawson from Squad Sports here, and I also have Rich Franklin uh, back again as we as we do this kind of co-hosting thing. Rich, how's it going? It's going good, Nick. How are you doing? Good, Rich. Good. What is your title? What do you do? Well, <laughs> the title is Vice President of Corporate Partnerships for the Portland Winterhawks hockey team mm-hmm. of the Western Hockey League in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Now, that's my title. What do I do? It's more like, <laughs> what don't I do? You know, right. uh, If you come to a Winterhawks game and you see the fan bony mm-hmm. out there on the ice, I'm your fan bony driver. Nice. Sometimes I'm hosting the uh, the contest or the game show yeah. uh, on the ice or up in the concourse or whatever it may be. Uh, you know, I, I do it. Sometimes I'm an usher. Yep. You, know? <laughs> you do a little of everything. What's really interesting for people who are just getting into sports or from what I see of looking into getting into sports, I don't think they realize that you may sell sponsorship, but on a, any given day you might be collecting chuck pucks on yeah. the ice. You yeah. might be, you may, you know, I know some ticket sales guys who were the mascot yep. for a night because, yep. you know, the mascot can make it. Um, so it's amazing kind of those different uh, things that, to be honest, fans don't even... I make know. snow cones at the uh, Fan Fest event every yeah. year. I mean, you, you, you name it. <laughs> so if you want to get, if you, if you want to have a job where you literally will be surprised almost every month with something you have to do on game day, make sure you get into sports. I, I think... The, the smaller the organization, the more hats you wear, Absolutely. generally speaking. Yep. So here in major junior hockey, we're not the smallest, but we're not the biggest either. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of in the middle. So, uh, you know, it's also good job security. Yep. Because uh, if you're uh, ever in a situation where, well, I don't know about this guy. Well, you know, he makes snow cuts. Yeah. Oh, well. Who's going to drive the Zambo? Who's going to drive the Zambo? Who's trained on that? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, so last week we talked about uh, zero to one of of getting digital assets going. Week before that we talked a lot about kind of the episodes before that is just fit. Um, you know, kind of the next progression there as we kind of look at digital, particularly um, and especially something that that I go through as a vendor and you go through um, as as kind of the buyer on that side is is looking at price getting into the weeds of those numbers and understanding how things are going to pencil out. Right. Um, you know, I think this is a really interesting, um, you know, I guess podcast because, uh, although we have a great relationship and we've been working with you all for a long time, uh, it's still my duty to make sure that you all are seeing the value. Sure. You're not just a price tag on your side. You know, we have a great relationship, but the second I stop bringing you value is, is when yeah. those numbers don't pencil out and it doesn't make any more sense. To and it's, it's my it. job here to also say, sorry, Nick, I'm not going to accept that price increase yep. <laughs> on that side. <laughs> so I think, you know, we have a great relationship on that side of, of making sure that things are penciling out. Um, that, that I really appreciate more so for the viewers kind of, or the listeners getting that each side of things, how you're thinking about a, a digital asset. When you see a price tag, how do you equate that to let's, let's make the numbers work. And then, you know, on my side, as I'm giving you a price tag, how I'm thinking about, is this going to work for value? So I'd right. love to kind of start with you, you know, especially on the digital side of things, but I assume this is for overall assets 
how when you when you get a price tag or somebody gives you a price, what kind of goes through your head as as those numbers uh, to make sure that things are penciling out? Sure, it's worth the time. Well, we have here at the Winterhawks, at least in my world, the sponsorship department, um, a certain percentage that is kind of my number when it comes to fulfillment or development or, or whatever you want to call it um, of a sponsor's investment. And I think it's important that you have that kind of number in mind when you are looking at anything, whether it's a digital element, whether it's a bobblehead, whether it's you know a rink board or a sign or a graphic, you know what's my what's my cost mm-hmm. on that item as a percentage of the overall investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the way that I tend to look at it from a digital standpoint is, okay, is this a one-time cost? Is it going to be kind of a bigger upfront cost that I'm going to have to absorb once? But if I build it into a three-year partnership, say, I can kind of amortize that expense out over the three years mm-hmm. such that it falls within my my um, my percentage parameters in terms of, of fulfillment? Mm-hmm. Um, or is this something that maybe I'm going to go a little bit over my parameters, but it's something that could be scalable such that I can have multiple partners involved mm-hmm. um, and sort of spread that cost out a little bit. But I think the first step, going back to your original question, is uh, making sure that you kind of have a number in mind or a percentage in mind that is your guideline. Mm-hmm. And then saying, given that number, uh, can I bring in this amount of revenue, either in the short term or over time, or by involving multiple partners, yeah. uh, to make that pencil out. Yeah. You know, on my end, of, as the vendor, and especially just hearing you kind of speak about that, what drives me crazy in our industry, especially within sports and digital, um, and I've written about this, is the value add of fan engagement being the main thing that a lot of technology companies will push hey this is going to cost this but the fan engagement and the experience engagement you're going to get is going to be amazing right i would imagine on your end you're kind of sitting there and and what i do on our end too is what's that worth yeah literally what's you know what is that worth to to a person right an amusement park great engagement six flags has figured out that it's worth 60 dollars for the day uh, for that fun um so i think you know, as one on the t- on, on the buyer side, make sure you're, when you're getting a price tag, either you're asking the question, great, where's that return? How, how is this going to return some money? Kind of put some pressure on the buyer, on the seller to say, yeah. look, have you really researched our team and seen how we can make some more money on this right. based on, you know, whatever past use cases or whatever? Um, but then, you know, on, on my side, on the seller side, understanding that saying fan engagement. Is, is is not a tangible number. Sports are a business. So for me to just throw a number in front of you and say, well, your fans are going to love this. They're going to be so engaged. How does that directly lead to, and it might be a real quick, hey, a sponsor's buying this, so I'm seeing revenue right now. Uh, it might be, as you said, kind of amortized. Hey, fans are playing and they're buying and they're having a great experience, uh, so therefore they might be buying more tickets or buying more sponsorship pieces. But um, I think one of the big things, at least on our end and what I'm seeing is, 
there needs to be that tangible pencil out value sure. uh, on that end. And, and you got to look at it a little bit differently if you're talking new business versus um, incremental from an existing partner. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it worth to me to bring a good, solid, blue-chip partner to the Winterhawks organization that once I get them in the door, um, I'm going to have a pretty good chance of, of retaining them mm-hmm. for multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll maybe spend a little bit more thinking about the lifetime value of that sponsor. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the flip side of that is, again, what's it worth to me to take a sponsor from level A, investment level A, where maybe they've kind of been uh, bumping their head uh, a little bit on the price and, and you're not able to get them, you know, just a general uh, cost of doing business uh, increase. And to take that partner and to say, hey, look, I got something brand new for you. This is something in the digital that we're not touching at all. Um, you know, you probably have a separate bucket of money uh, that you are devoting towards digital initiatives. I want to bring this to you so that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, so that we are able to tap into new and different budgets uh, to be involved with the team uh, because of this new digital product. But again, it's it's looking at it not just from a one-time startup expense. You do have to look at it that way, but you also need to look at it at what's it worth to me over time. Yeah. You know, if I can take a $50,000 sponsor and make them a $75,000 sponsor uh, per season and, uh, you know, or five hundred to 750000 depending on what league you're in and <laughs> things like that, yeah. um, you know, what's it worth to me to be able to do that? Is it scalable? Is there or is there an opportunity within this particular digital product that I'm looking at uh, to make it non-exclusive? That doesn't mean to dilute the um, to dilute the effectiveness for your primary partner, but just to maybe spread out the expense by uh, making certain aspects of that uh, digital uh, feature, whatever it may be available to or uh, make it uh, such that other partners can participate. Maybe not the same like title sponsorship level, but yeah. still bring in an additional, you know, if you're getting an extra $25,000 uh, for the title sponsorship of whatever your digital widget might be, mm-hmm. um, can I get an extra 5000 here or 10000 there from two or three others yeah. that kind of want to be a, at a participating sponsor level? Yeah. And, and again, looking at it as a, as a big picture uh, lifetime value type of proposition. Yeah, and that's, at least for me on the seller side, for, for, for when I talk to teams, the, the main value is, um, you know, it's obviously penciling out, but the story you kind of just told, there's this new sponsor, and they've been able to get them through the door. Yeah. Here's a digital activation um, you know, even though even though the the money might pencil out the same as if you were to bring an existing sponsor up, the lifetime value of that is now new because it's a brand new piece of business that you yeah. haven't had other than that. So even if you are taking a higher hit on that first year, mm-hmm. 
the lifetime that it's bring that's bringing the customer in because obviously it's a lot harder to gain a new customer than keep and retain right. kind of that that piece as far as sales uh, is really important for you on the pricing side. How important is kind of that flexibility um, of when a vendor is is kind of charging you how they're charging you? I gotta imagine for you every sponsor is different for how they want to pay do things like that. How important is it? You know, when a vendor comes to you, that you have the ability to kind of be flexible. Well, it's very important. I mean, when you and I sit down and we talk about a particular um, existing partner or partner target, you know, one of the things that that I explain to you is, uh, look, you know, this is kind of the range that I'm thinking these guys are going to be able to play in. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I can't do something that's going to be 50% of the uh, of the investment. Just to get the damn thing built. Ooh, I'm sorry. Can I say that? Oh, it's a podcast. Yeah, it's a podcast. I can say whatever <laughs> I want. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm not on the radio anymore. Yeah. Um, so, and then part of it too might be saying to you, okay, Nick, um, you know, what's the expense to build this thing versus the expense to maintain it? Yeah. And and maybe what we say is it's going to be um, X amount. Because you got a developer that you got to pay to build this thing, there's a certain amount of testing involved, so on and so forth. But once we get it up and running, knock on wood, mm-hmm. and everything's running smoothly, maybe then we sort of settle into a, a maintenance yep. price per month, per season, however mm-hmm. it is that we want to do it, um, to to keep that at a certain level. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you start negotiating things like, you know, what kind of upgrades can we do as part of this? And, um, you know, certainly I always like it when you come to me and say, hey, we've got this product, but now we're doing this other thing over here with this other team that I think we could add into your existing product uh, free of charge, right? <laughs> yeah, well, don't I wish. Uh, but if it's something that is either going to help me uh, maybe upsell that partner a little bit more uh, so that I can justify uh, some additional investment from that partner. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's going to help me, you know, close a deal for a longer amount of time, whatever it may be. Yep. Um, then, you know, then it makes sense. Yeah. But digital, the, the thing that I like about digital these days, um, and I think we've addressed this in some previous podcasts, is... In the sponsorship world right now, there is such high demand for it. Um, you know, it's it's really one of those things that I don't ever want to say, you know, I've got sponsors following all over themselves to, to spend digital dollars with me. But the reality is the, the digital world is where sponsorship partners right now are really looking for opportunities and solutions. They know they need to get into this realm in a meaningful way. And not just, you know, like banner ads and stuff like that, but, you know, real engagement, um, you know, real ways to to connect with fans slash consumers uh, beyond just a banner ad with a, with a click-through link. So stuff like contests, stuff like polls, um, stuff like enter to win, things along those lines. Um, and if done correctly, not only are you taking care of the sponsor's needs, but you're also... Uh, helping to further cement your relationship with your fans mm-hmm. by doing some cool contesting, uh, some some fun prizing, you know, things like that that the fans 
like to engage with with the team, and oftentimes that can take place outside of a game night too. Yep, absolutely. Great kind of point, and, and as you as you're kind of looking at the math of penciling out, I think a great point that you brought up is and teams may be interested in spending more than they usually had previously because they have this new digital budget. So I think you know an important thing for sponsorship salespeople and even vendors to understand is that by having this, the, the first part of that equation it isn't just, hey, this sponsor usually spends 60K a year, that's their budget, that's what they do. Understanding that, you know, adding this piece allows me to get even more of the pie right. than previously. So that means it pencils out even more, probably over the long term, because if it's effective uh, toward you know reaching their goals in that digital budget realm, then they're going to part with more and more of that. And The other thing about it, too, I think that there is something to be said, and, and this was the case for us here with the, with the Winterhawks um, a couple of years ago when we really started diving into this. We were the first to take a lot of these high engagement, high fan connection digital products to the sponsorship community here in the Portland, Oregon market. Um, And there's something to be said for that uh, about being first to market with some of this stuff. Now, um, the more and more that these become, by these and digital assets, become uh, regular parts of your offering, um, than sort of you know new, uh, never seen before types of things. Um, you know those kinds of, of first to market opportunities are going to become less and less. But whoever's listening to this, you know, depending on your market and how crowded it is in your market and where you are in that market, um, you know, having a strong digital uh, element that you can take out to a sponsor, uh, or whether it's an existing partner or a target partner or whatever, that nobody else in your market is doing, yeah. is truly valuable. Yeah. And how that circles back again to the how does this pencil out question, uh, you know, there may be times when I'm willing to spend a little bit more, go beyond my usual parameters, if there is something really, really unique in my marketplace that nobody else is doing and I'm going to be the first to take this out there and I don't want to say corner the market but you know gobble up some of that uh, digitally focused digitally committed uh, revenue opportunities that are out there and then let everybody else play catch up and as what we found here with the Winterhawks is we've done uh, such a good job of that is is that now we've got sponsors that are saying, hey, we'd like to roll this out to other teams in other cities. I mean, we're not going to let them do it here locally <laughs> in Portland. Sorry, Charlie. Uh, you know, not going to happen. But, um, you know, they now want to run this out to uh, other sponsorships, partnerships that they may have in other cities uh, based upon the success uh, that we were able to bring them. And the, the neat thing about it, too, is it now positions us the hockey team as you know really able to provide strong solutions in this digital um, digital world in which we live mm-hmm. that are now scalable to to other uh, teams in other cities. You just change some logos, and change the trivia questions, or change you know however you change it for each individual market, 
now that sponsor views me as sort of the go-to person uh, for their digital types of products and projects. Yep. And that's a good situation to be in. And I was just, you know, before you kind of got into that, I was just going to say and kind of hit it home, which you may be able, you may be thinking, I can take a bigger risk on this because we are the quote-unquote smaller market team here in this area. If I'm going to stand out, going back to our first podcast that we did together, the stunt, right? If I'm going to stand out, let me do this thing. Yeah. Um, that means today, 20000 extra dollars. Tomorrow, that means 40000 extra dollars. Yeah. The next year, that could mean sixty, seventy, because when, when that digital budget gets bigger, the first thing that the sponsor is going to say is, well, what's worked for us? I have more money. What can we double down on that's worked? Well, yeah. the Winterhawks, they always have some sort of digital thing that's really, really drove sale, driven sales. Let's go ask them. Yeah. And again, you may only make that 20K in year one where maybe you're not hitting the percentage you necessarily want for that return. But in year two and year three, you're betting and taking, eating that cost at first so that well, you're betting that, that they're going to part with more money as you've built that relationship. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's part of any, any asset that you might purchase, uh, you know, in evaluating it for, from a return on investment uh, basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it could be a digital asset. It could be a, uh, a bobblehead. It could be in like these neon signs that I've got over here, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a cost to produce it. Um, but if it falls within your parameters for fulfillment uh, and activation for your particular partnership, um, looking at it, again, not just for the current season, but maybe amortizing that out over a two- or three-year agreement, you know, it should make sense. Um, but, you know, the, the digital world, as I say, if, if there's going to be an area where, and you'll love to hear me say this, Nick, if you're going to overspend a little bit, uh-huh. Digital's probably a smart place to do it right now, just yeah. because it is, from a sponsorship standpoint, I don't want to say it's the Wild West, but it's still kind of a evolving, um, you know, new types of products, new types of engagements coming out all the time. Mm-hmm. And there is something to be said for uh, taking those, being the first to take those types of opportunities to your sponsors. Um, showing that you're forward thinking, showing that you know you understand what's going on in the digital world, and even if even if they don't, even if your sponsor doesn't, mm-hmm. uh, and there's fewer and fewer of them out there all the time, um, showing that you're on the same page and thinking out in front of it, uh, getting out in front of the whole digital digital engagement uh, is just a, a great way to position not only. Uh, your team, but you yourself as the as the seller. Yeah, you know, and don't forget. I mean, that's a lot of what people are buying is not just uh, uh, not just the team, not just the product, but they're buying you too, yeah. and what you can do for them, what kind of experience and, and knowledge and ideas uh, that you're bringing to the table that's going to add value to that partnership. Yeah, absolutely. Very. I mean, what's interesting about that too is. <clears throat> some people might see it as a monetary risk. Hey, what if we do this in year one? It works great, but then the sponsor doesn't want to come back. The stats on what sponsors are spending on, or sorry, brands in general, 
fit that. I mean, this is the first year that um, digital over traditional has been more than 50, 50%. It's 54% yep. for this year. I doubt that's going to crash drastically. Um, it, privacy, whatever. There'd have to be a major, major shift where people are no longer having their attention on that. Um, so, so take, you know, take those risks, obviously have a rule for how it's going to help most digital things pencil out, but don't be afraid to kind of get away from that rule to say, we're going to make that up even more so in year two, year three, because we've been the first. I, I think a good topic maybe for a future podcast would be kind of some things that we're seeing right now from a, from a, what we'll call a fragmentation standpoint, where you've got so many di- different digital platforms out there. Um, you know, maybe a good topic would be, you know, not only what's the right product, but what's the right platform yep. for that product. And I know you've got some background and experience with, uh, you know, Facebook versus Instagram versus Twitter and so on and so forth. So maybe for a future podcast, we'll talk about what platform is right for you. Yeah, definitely. No, that, that sounds perfect for next time, you know, kind of nibbling on that and bringing it back to the, to the pricing game, uh, mainly because, again, it goes back to value. Uh, what I always hopefully uh, iterate to you on all this digital stuff is it matters, right? And this yeah. goes back to, I think, our second podcast episode of fitting that sort of brand goal and story to your assets. A Facebook ad for somebody who does not understand the power of it or um, doesn't lead to their overall goal, that's worth a lot less than a Twitter ad that fits every demographic, right? Um, you know, just from our products, I get this all the time. A scratcher for a car dealership. Will it work? Yeah, kind of. But nobody's gonna buy a coupon from a scratcher win or sorry, buy a car from a scratcher win coupon. That's a long, long process of brand building. Yeah. So understanding that and bring it back to penciling out, the more you can understand that fit and that need, the better it's probably gonna pencil out. Yeah. At ten thousand with this product, because it kind of fits and you kind of convince them. Um, being totally fine with saying, hey, look, I don't have anything that can pencil out for either of us. Because, I mean, the sponsor looks at it the same way. If I'm spending this much, what's that return going to be? Other than just, I like sponsoring a sports team because we get tickets and it's fun to see our rate board. Um, So I I think when it's, you know, your deals will pencil out better as within all sales. If you can really understand, hey, where's the best platform to put you in? And then... How can I make that um, even better, uh, you know, by syncing you up with that? And I think another great point on that is just sometimes you take a risk on Facebook ads and maybe people aren't buying them today, but you're making up for it with another digital asset that is bringing you, let's say, you know, it's it's bringing you a 4x return, mm-hmm. right, uh, on the Facebook ads, which maybe your goal is 10x. That's bringing a 4x return, but I understand that this thing that is a well-oiled machine is bringing a 15x return. So I can kind of make sure that those are penciling out in different places and be able to take that risk on that side. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, That does it for this episode. Oh, we didn't have any fan mail this week? No fan mail. Nobody sent anything in, so if you're listening, definitely send that stuff in. Well, we know people are listening. We see you. We see those clicks. We see those we know you're checking it out. Don't be shy. We appreciate all the listeners that we have. Um, kind of tying into next week, you kind of brought up a great point of, um, and it kind of ties into this, what I was thinking was, 
as much as it has to pencil out for you, it also has to pencil out for your sponsor. Of, oh, yeah. Of, hey, how does this lead to car sales? And then how much I'm not paying? And then does that right. pencil out? Yeah. Uh, and I think we kind of nibbled on it again. And this one is, it's going to matter your matchup, right? It's going to matter what digital assets you're offering. Do they match up with their not only brand goals, but financial goals? Is their financial goal to sell three cars? How can we then backtrack and figure out, hey, if they're trying to sell three cars within the first three months, how are we going to do that? Right. What's that going to cost us? And then we got to make sure that, especially in year two after you've gotten some data back, how are we going to make sure it's actually selling cars? And yeah. Not getting people excited about selling cars, but actually closing those deals. So I think next week it's just looking at the assets and saying, hey, how do I make sure and look at these pieces so that it's not only penciling out for me, it's penciling out for my sponsor yeah. at probably an extremely higher rate than it's penciling out for you. Just yeah. meaning if it's giving me 5X, I want to make sure it's giving my sponsor 10X of what they're looking for. Where are you heading next week, Nick? You got the travel plans? Uh, you're always on the road. Uh, two weeks from now, I head to the AHL meetings in Charlotte, North Carolina. Nice. Uh, which is great because our client, the Charlotte Checkers, are playing uh, a Cody Glass uh, edition Chicago Wolves in the Calder Cup finals. Um, there you go. I think Cody Glass is number two in rookie points. For is the, he? For the playoffs right now. He's doing really, really well. Um, Cody Glass, for those of you who may not know, he, he uh, played here for the Portland Winterhawks for I think three or four years, mm-hmm. something like that. He was our team captain this past year. Uh, first ever first round draft pick of the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. And I can tell you from having been around him, just a great kid. Really, really nice kid and a heck of a hockey player. So yes. uh, enjoy him now while you got him, Chicago and uh, Vegas, if you're listening. Uh, be looking forward to Cody Glass because he's a, a heck of a player and a really, really nice individual as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that will be fun. I'm rooting for Glass, but at the same time, it's uh, it's our client. They're one win away from the championship, and uh, <laughs> I'd like to see that would be two years in a row that a client's won a championship. So knock on wood that I'm not cursing them right now. No, but, no. Um, Didn't you say you something about you having a curse? I have the Winterhawks curse. The Winterhawks curse is as long as we've been a client, you guys stop winning championships. So hopefully we'll... uh, (laughs) Don't say that. (laughs) Hopefully, you know, it's kind of the Babe Ruth, Yankees, uh, uh, Boston curse traded Babe Ruth for a washing machine or whatever it was. And couldn't be the Yankees. Traded Babe Ruth for a Washington. <laughs> whatever, whatever that Nick, deal was. Uh, I don't know how well you know your baseball history, but I'm pretty sure apparently he didn't get good. traded for a Washington. <laughs> there was a guy in the, in the Western Hockey League that got traded for a bus. Nice. You ever heard that story? No. Uh, but that's, that's I'll, I'll tell be. it briefly. Yeah. Right. He played for uh, he played for the Seattle Breakers. Okay. Uh, who are now the Seattle Thunderbirds? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember his name, but. Uh, he got traded to the team in Victoria mm-hmm. for the bus. Mm-hmm. And the question was asked of him, how does it feel to be traded for a bus? And his response was, well, I hear it's a really nice bus. Nice. So, <laughs> there you go. The value's there. Value's the value's there. there. I, hope that bus, yeah. uh, I hope that bus brought more value than the goals that they lost when they uh, uh, traded the guy. Uh, hey, I'm going to be in Kelowna, B.C. next week. Nice. For the, the Western w- Hockey League uh, uh, business conference, uh, let's see, 
Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 10th, 11th, 12th, something like that. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of questions about uh, stuff that we're doing digitally. Yeah, sure. Well, send them, definitely send them my way. There you go. Um, hey, if people want to get a hold of you, Nick. I was just going to say, enough about us. If people want to get a hold of me, um, follow me on LinkedIn, Nick Lawson, co-founder of Squad Sports. That's usually the best way, especially since we post this content, content there and rich if you want to get a hold of you, how can they do You want to get a hold of me, I'm also on LinkedIn, Rich Franklin, VP Corporate Partnerships for the Portland Winterhawks. Or if you want to go email, I also reply to all my emails, richf, R-I-C-H-F, at winterhawks.com. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Again, if you have any comments, suggestions, anything like that, definitely reach out to us. But we really appreciate you listening week to week. Uh, and we hope this has brought you some value. Until next week, keep pushing those limits of digital and sponsorship.